Hey, Playmakers, real quick before we get into today's episode, if you're one of those listeners that just cannot wait for that next episode to drop, and if you're over on YouTube and my website binging my content there, I just wanted to say thank you. It means the world to me. But just remember, the free stuff will only get you so far. So if you want my complete proven blueprint for opening a successful and sustainable play cafe or indoor playground business that is profitable from day one, I want to invite you to join me inside my signature course, Play Cafe Academy. Head to the show notes right now to get instant on-demand access to all 12 modules, your detailed pre-launch checklist, your 34-page business plan template, your plug-and-play financial model to help you estimate your startup costs and project your revenue, and everything you need to save time, money, and frustration throughout your entire opening process. For a limited time right now, you'll also get an entire month of free access to Playmaker Society, my invite-only membership created exclusively for Play Cafe Academy students who want to work with me personally to optimize and scale their businesses through coaching, guest experts, legal and operations templates, and plug-and-play resources, plus collaboration with over 220 other owners, plus so much more. Head to the show notes and choose your preferred way to pay in full or over time right now. You'll get more information on the current bonuses. You'll see some success stories of those who have gone before you and exactly what to expect when you join us inside the program. I will see you there. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers, it is now officially mid-August. And if you are into all things spooky like I am, you're probably already getting excited about Halloween and planning your family's costumes and pinning DIY decor. But regardless of how you personally feel about talking Halloween in August, it's at the very least time to get those Halloween events on your calendar for your business. Now, to be perfectly honest, we had our Halloween events planned and posted and open for registration well before mid-August, because in our area, there are tons of Halloween event options. And we knew, and this is something that we had to figure out after years in business, but we knew that the earlier we started advertising, the easier it would be to sell out every single event slot we had, and therefore have the most profitable season possible. Now, I'm not saying we started posting about or emailing about our Halloween events in July, because that would be a little crazy and a little annoying. But we did post them and make them available for registration because if somebody called or emailed or asked in person, it was amazing to be able to just send them a link to register right then and there, or at the very least get more information than to simply say, stay tuned. And if you already have a special event page or a calendar on your website that gets consistent website traffic, you want to make sure you're taking advantage of that because even if people aren't coming to your website in July or August looking for Halloween events, they're going to see it. And you're starting to plant that seed in their mind that 
hey, this facility that I'm clearly interested in because I'm already on their website is having a really cool Halloween event. I need to remember to you know, come back and purchase these tickets or maybe they're going to purchase right then and there. And you're going to see some of these early sales start to trickle in. And I promise you getting those early sales and really giving yourself a head start in this way is going to make it so much easier in the long run to make sure every single event slot sells out. I talk specifically in episode 38 of this podcast how by simply starting to plan out our events at least three months in advance, all while changing nothing else about our event or price or overall marketing strategy, we were all of a sudden able to sell out our events and classes with ease and without using ad spend or with using as little ad spend as possible. So if you're not quite convinced that you should be scheduling and posting about your Halloween events like yesterday, go back and listen to episode 38. I'm going to link it with some others that I'm going to mention in the show notes. After our first year of Halloween events ended up being a great success and we took so many amazing pictures and videos and posted all about it, people were ready and waiting so that they wouldn't miss out on a chance to attend this year's Halloween event. So while selling out events with ease is a bit trickier your first year in business, it is still definitely doable. And again, you might be like us and you might be really surprised that so many of your customers are ready to book and just set up their weekends in advance in like July, August, September. So if you are in your first year in business or if this is your first year really going all out with Halloween or holiday events, or if you're just looking to optimize your event for maximum profit, I also want you to listen to a couple other episodes, which I'm going to link. I want you to listen to episode 39, which is called How to Effectively Promote Events, Spending as Little Money as Possible. Episode 40, How to Execute Events for Maximum Profit and the Best Customer Experience. And then finally, episode 97, Leaning into Your Strengths to Book Out Your Events. Special events are one of those things where so many indoor playground owners come to me and they'll say things like, yep, been there, done that, tried that, didn't sell, or didn't make any profit, or not what my customers wanted. Basically some version of tried it, didn't work, not going to try again. But I promise you, judging from my own experience, as well as the experience of dozens of other currently open owners operating right now in Playmaker Society, Halloween events can mean mean huge revenue for your indoor playground business. But it is not a one-size-fits-all type of thing. That's the key here. We all have different business models. We all serve different types of customers and price points. And we all have different competitive landscapes in our areas. So even if you've tried this before, Maybe it's not that this particular strategy or event type or revenue stream won't work for your business. Maybe you just need to tweak your strategy based on all the factors I mentioned. So go back and listen to those four episodes, and I think you're going to have a very strong foundation for a very profitable and enjoyable Halloween and holiday season. And as you likely already know, when one area of your business is doing really well, especially has a short spurt of success, that typically overflows into your other revenue streams. 
So for example, if you get hundreds of people in the door for your Halloween event, many of whom are likely new customers, you can absolutely bet that that will result in more birthday bookings, more membership sales, more holiday event sales, more cafe and retail sales, more social media followers and engagement, all that, assuming they had a great experience, right? Of course. So this time of year can be extremely important for your business, especially in setting you up for success for the coming year and beyond, because this is when we really want to start getting those bookings. If your busy season is January, February, March, this is the time when customers are looking to book. So if you're a little late to the Halloween party, so to speak, that's okay. There is still time. So I wanted to share a few tips if you're really looking to tap into this holiday to enhance all aspects of your business. And if you're ready to really optimize your Halloween events for profit and the best customer experience possible. So let's get into it. Tip number one, research your local competition. Now, this was really important for us because as I mentioned earlier in the episode, we had a ton of local events that we knew we would be competing against in our area. So I had to do some early planning and I had to tap a couple of our members on the shoulder and say, hey, what are your Halloween plans? Are there any events that you're absolutely looking to attend? Or are there any traditions around Halloween that you're looking to kind of pass down to your kiddos? And I had to identify maybe one or two key events that I knew were specifically geared towards my ideal customer base and be sure that I was planning my dates accordingly so that they wouldn't overlap. Now, of course, you're not going to be able to plan around every single holiday event in your area. But for me, I had to identify, again, those key events that I knew my customers wouldn't want to have to choose between that event and my event. And for me, it ended up being the local zoo Halloween event, which was called Zoo And it was two days, the weekend right before Halloween. And it was like a can't miss event in our area. All parents of little ones were planning to go. It was a big thing. So I decided, and this ended up being something that worked really well. So we repeated it year after year, but we chose to do our Halloween events two weeks before Halloween. So not that weekend immediately prior, because that was not only when the zoo Halloween event was taking place, it was when a ton of other events were taking place as well. And while this isn't going to be able to work for every business, depending on the age of children that you serve and your typical family that visits, but for us, we knew our customers very well. And we knew that almost all of them had at least one child under the age of two. And most of the families that were members or that frequented our facility most had either very young children, so both kiddos were under the age of four, or they only had one child, again, typically under the age of two. So we did research and we asked them and we found, and this is also from my own experience, we found that these new parents or parents of very young children, they get so excited for these kiddos first and second and third Halloweens. They're planning weeks and even months before the holiday. So they are absolutely going to be ready to celebrate two weeks before Halloween. Now, as my kiddos get older and they keep changing their minds and they're very you know, fickle with their decisions, we might not be ready to go to a Halloween party two weeks in advance because my kids are always last minute now. But looking way back then to back when I fit into my quote unquote ideal customer avatar, I had their costumes months in advance and I simply could not wait for Halloween. 
I was putting them in their little costumes in like August and September and taking pictures. And again, I was just so excited. So for us, two weeks before Halloween really worked. It helped us reduce our competition in terms of what other events were being held at the same time. And we were helping these parents take advantage of their excitement around the holiday. Number two, lean into your strengths. So especially if you're like us and you're facing a lot of competition around Halloween events, you want to make sure you're differentiating your events as much as possible and that you're making sure that you're actually telling people and shouting from the rooftops about what makes your events different. So of course, this is going to look completely different depending on your business model, your space, how you're structuring your events, the age you serve, all that good stuff. But I wanted to give you a couple line items that we always called out in all of our marketing material. So every Instagram post, every email that we sent out about Halloween events on our registration page itself, because not only did we know that these items were exactly what our ideal customers were looking for, we already knew that these were not something that a lot of other events were offering in terms of experience. So again, just to give you some ideas, and then you can take this and run with it in your own business or adapt it, tweak it, whatever you need. We always advertise that there were no lines. So in our area, a lot of the free or you know farm outdoor type events or the big Halloween market events, anytime you wanted a drink or food or to do a craft or activity or jump on a bounce house or meet a character or take a picture in front of a backdrop or anything like that, you had to wait in line for like 20, 30 minutes. So I knew that our customers were willing to pay for a much more low-key experience with no waiting. So we made sure that people knew, hey, this is a limited ticket event. We're not going to sell too many tickets. We care about your experience. And this is going to be capped to make sure that it's not too crowded, to make sure there's no waiting, and to make sure it doesn't get overwhelming for the little ones. Next, we made sure that we specified that we were indoor only because, again, a lot of these people that are coming to your Halloween events maybe haven't had the chance to visit for open play due to your hours or due to other engagements or work schedules. So you want to make sure that you're taking it all the way back to the basics and letting people know, hey, we are a small footprint indoor facility, of course, if that's true for you. Because especially for parents of little ones and crawlers, They don't want to go to an event that's going to be weather dependent if there's bad weather or, you know, maybe is geared towards older kiddos. So we made sure that we noted that we were indoor only and all events were not weather dependent. Next, we made sure to call out any of our events that were a limited age range. So in addition to our normal Halloween events that was open for our entire range of kiddos that we served, in our case, it was kiddos under seven, but we did make sure to do limited age range events. So we did Halloween events that were specifically for babies and we called it our baby boo bash. And it was only for kiddos under two and their families. And we didn't even allow siblings at these types of events because we had so many Halloween events that were for all ages. So this one was only for the little ones. And this was perfect because so many new parents are looking for baby specific events so that they can set their infant down and allow them to crawl around comfortably without having to worry about them getting trampled by bigger toddlers or preschoolers or school-age children. So this was really fun. And this one always sold out first was our baby boobash. And we tweaked our normal Halloween event and we made the activities and crafts and snacks and things like that more specific to that age range. And we really tried to cater to what that specific family, family of babies were looking for 
in a Halloween event. And that kind of brings me to my next point. We always had photo ops and or photographers at our events because we knew that this was something parents of very young kiddos, especially the babies, really cared about, right? They're planning and purchasing these costumes well in advance. They want to have a very high quality photo to remember this holiday by. So we would either hire a photographer or barter our services with one, and we would allow them to come in. We would set up a cute backdrop or a balloon garland or something similar. And again, allow parents to really capture these memories. And not a lot of other events were really doing this in our area. And if they were, you had to pay a lot extra for it. So we made sure to be very specific about that in our marketing. And then finally, we always try to make our events sensory friendly. Now, I've seen some facilities do a sensory-friendly specific Halloween event, but we chose to make all of our events sensory-friendly. And this was actually before I learned that my son had autism, but I was just always very sensitive to this community. And again, I knew that not a lot of the other events in our area were sensory-friendly at all. So I have an entire podcast series about how you can make your events more friendly to the autistic community and just more sensory-friendly in general. So I'm not going to cover all of that here. But again, we made sure that we didn't make the events too crowded. We made it much more low-key. We didn't blast music or anything like that, like I've seen in other Halloween events. We didn't have flashing lights or we didn't turn the lights off. We didn't do anything that was you know, going to be very upsetting for our littlest guests. So if you can't accommodate a sensory-friendly event in your normal operations, you can choose to have a sensory-friendly event specifically and allow people to choose, you know, do I want to choose the regular event? Do I want to choose the sensory friendly option? Again, it's going to completely depend on your business. So again, if there are any big differentiation points with your events, make sure you call that out specifically in your marketing. So this is going to require a little bit of research, but it is so worth it. All right. Tip number three, I recommend starting small in terms of time slots and then building up from that. So what I would typically do is I would start with two Halloween event slots, one on a weekend and one on a weeknight. However, I would kind of block off party slots around those events. So for example, if I scheduled our first Halloween event from 6 to 8 p.m., I would block off a couple hours before that, assuming I didn't have any birthday parties already booked. Again, I was doing this months and months and months in advance. And then if these Halloween events would start selling out, I would slowly add more and more slots. So for example, I would do a three to five event so that there would be an hour break in between that event and the six to eight event. So again, I'm slowly adding slots. If you unleash way too many Halloween events at once and, you know, heaven forbid you don't end up selling them out, you could be stuck hosting these events with like two or three families which is going to really eat into your profit margin. And it's probably going to put you off from Halloween events in the future. So I always recommend starting with just one or two event slots. Again, maybe one weekend, one weeknight, blocking off some time around it, and then add more and more slots as demand grows. And this is also going to signal to your customers like, hey, these events are selling out. You better purchase tickets far in advance. Because I know as a parent, If I don't have tickets for something or if I don't make a decision well in advance of what we're going to be doing those weekends leading up to Halloween, I typically forget about an event. I forget what's going on. 
So you really have to give that sense of urgency to your customers so that they actually take action and purchase tickets. So start with a couple slots, then slowly add more. And you can absolutely save money by minimizing the amount of times that you need to set up these events from scratch, which is why I recommend blocking off a couple party slots before and after your first couple event slots. And if you have a separate room or if you're going to be doing these events during open play, of course, it's going to look a little bit different. But because we charged a really high price for our Halloween events, like at least $35 per child, we knew that we wanted it to be private. We wanted to go all out. We wanted to decorate. We wanted to have that photographer. So again, this is assuming that your event is going to be one of those all out events. So maybe you're doing a balloon garland or maybe, again, you're bartering with a photographer. You want to make sure that you need to only set up from scratch a couple times. So if you have four different Halloween slots for a specific day, you can use that balloon garland all day long. You're only, again, doing that work effort and eating that cost one time. So I love having one to two days of Halloween events only and not doing like a different Halloween event every single weekend leading up to Halloween. Because again, we want to make sure that we are as profitable as possible here so that we can serve as many people as possible while still keeping our business sustainable. All right, tip number four. You don't need to have all the details decided before you put your events open for registration. So I do recommend having your main selling points figured out. So maybe one big activity or game that you're going to have, or maybe just that a photographer is going to be present, or maybe that there's a character visiting. Again, have one or two main selling points figured out, and then just say that the rest is to be determined. And again, this is going to require that you do a little bit of research into what is most important for your ideal customers so that you can figure out what those main selling points should be. So for us, it was always whether or not we had a photographer present. So once I figured out, okay, I'm going to hire this photographer. She's available from this time to to this time. This is set in stone. So I feel comfortable putting these events open for registration. And then, you know, I can say, oh, we're going to be doing a craft or an activity you don't have to figure out what that craft or what that activity is going to be or if you're going to have games or what food or drinks you're going to serve. Just say food and drink available. There's going to be games, crafts, things like that. So many times I have indoor playground owners come to me and say, well, you know, I really wanted to get our Halloween events out there much earlier, but I just couldn't figure out all the details. I was, you know, having trouble figuring out what craft we were going to do or something like that. And I really want to encourage you to not let those little details or your perfection of perfectionism prevent you from just getting these events posted because posting earlier is so much more important when it comes to, again, making sure your events are as profitable as possible. It's so much more important to post early than it is to have everything figured out at the time of posting. All right, tip number five, I always recommend advertising in person in addition to online. So have flyers posted to your check-in desk. Put some flyers on your play area walls. I've even seen play areas put signs on the inside of their bathroom stalls about those events with like a little QR code to scan to make it as easy as possible for people to register for that event when it's top of mind, right? When they're thinking about it. You don't want to have to rely on people going home and then opening up your website and remembering like, oh yeah, I wanted to attend this Halloween event. I have to make sure I buy that ticket. Make it as easy as possible when they are in your facility to register for events. 
a lot of people, because it's 2023, they rely way too heavily on online advertising and on Instagram and Facebook. And while all those channels are amazing, which we're going to talk about in a second, a lot of people sleep on in-person advertising. You're forgetting to take advantage of the people who are already walking through your doors, who are already saying, hey, I love this business. I'm paying for open play. Those are going to be your hottest leads. Those are going to be the people that are most likely to purchase event tickets. So make sure you spend a couple dollars at the FedEx store or Kinko's or something like that and put really high quality flyers all over your business leading up to Halloween. We always used picture frames for these so that we could easily kind of remove them if it didn't fit a party's aesthetic or something like that, or if they just didn't want you know flyers all over their check-in desk, something like that. So we chose to make these flyers removable and it looked a little bit nicer because they were in framed picture frames and it didn't hurt our wall. We didn't need to have, you know, a cork board in multiple areas of our business, anything like that. That's just how we chose to advertise in person. But again, this is very effective. All right. Tip number six, use all online marketing avenues as well. So again, when a lot of people come to me and say, well, you know, our Halloween events didn't sell that well that last year. And I say, well, you know, how many times did you email about it? Well, I emailed once and then, you know, that was kind of people's take it or leave it. You know, here's our Halloween event, either buy tickets or don't. But I'm telling you, email can be such a powerful tool. You probably already know that because I talk about it in so many podcast episodes. So don't be afraid to email your list several times about your Halloween events. And again, this is made so much easier if you post your events weeks and weeks, even months in advance. Because even just emailing once a week about all of your events coming up, right? It doesn't just have to be Halloween events. It can be an, a coming up event recap or something like that. By emailing multiple times about these events, you are going to be able to book so many more tickets without having to pump money into Facebook or Instagram ads. So don't sleep on the power of email. And I know I've used that phrase or that saying multiple times in this episode. I'm so sorry. I'm probably just really tired. So I'm thinking about sleep, but for some reason, no other saying is just rolling off my tongue at the moment. So it is what it is, but you also might want to post, you know, multiple times a week on Instagram, on Facebook, or maybe you want to pin and pin a post to the top of your Instagram or make a story highlight or something like that. Talking about your upcoming Halloween events. So I talk about how to utilize, how to utilize pin posts in episode 222 of this podcast but this can be a really effective strategy for making sure your Halloween events or whatever is coming up in your business that's high priority is the top of customers' minds when they land on your profile. So be sure to take advantage of pinned posts on both Instagram and you can pin a post on Facebook as well. And then tip number seven, don't be afraid to charge a higher price than others for your Halloween events. If you're offering things and if you're offering value that is above and beyond what others are offering, or if you're doing something really unique, don't be afraid to charge for it. I'm sure that you've been to plenty of free events in your lifetime, and I'm sure you've been to plenty of paid events in your lifetime. And there is a very marked difference between the two. So again, we had to really do the research and figure out what our customers specifically wanted in a Halloween event. So again, we knew they didn't want to compete with lines. We knew they wanted something indoor only and not weather dependent. We knew our customers wanted something that was a limited age range. We knew they wanted a professional photo of their kiddos in their Halloween events. 
And we knew that a lot of our customers wanted something that was sensory friendly. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't really feel comfortable charging $35 for this event because, you know, not everybody can afford it. But keep in mind, you don't need to please every single person in your area. Sure, maybe you do do a Halloween event or a fall party that's during open play that is a lot more accessible to anybody in your local area. So you can have different events at different price points. But if you are offering a ton of value and if you're putting a ton of money and resources and planning into these events, do not be afraid to charge a premium price because you're delivering a premium service. All right, I hope this was really helpful as you get ready to plan your Halloween events or if you already have them planned but are working out the finer details. Again, I highly recommend going back and listening to episodes 39, 40, and 97, as well as episode 38 of this podcast to make sure you have that strong foundation if you're new to events or if this is your first year really going all out with Halloween or holiday events or whatever is coming up in your business. So go back to those episodes, get the strong foundation, and then come back to this quick tip episode to really fine tune and optimize your events. All right, have an amazing Monday Playmakers. I will see you right back here on Wednesday. Wednesday.